man, one voice that stands alone. I give one choice to man the throne. Stand good and take shots, give it all I got. All I got is this microphone. And I believe we are now live on Facebook. A, a light crew, a, a light but sturdy crew of pulp revelators tonight for our Monday revelations. Um, so we've got Team Mangold and myself, Mike Valiant. On? And, um, we could not have an episode tonight with WandaVision episode four kind of revealing all kinds of stuff of what was going on outside what we've learned is the bubble or the dome around uh, Westview. Um, yeah, I, and we and we've been texting and talking, you know, since Friday of all the different things that have come up. So, what's the uh, the mangled take on WandaVision episode four? Well, I think we're finally to the point where people who were a little put off or were unclear what was going on with the sitcom part of it, they've now filled us in on the rest of the world. Right now, we understand exactly what's going on. We understand what's going on outside the bubble. We understand who the players are going to be. And I think we know at this point where we're headed a little bit, although there's still so many questions. I think before, Mike, before when we were talking this little show prep, you said the questionometer <laughs> has gone through the roof. And there's way there's still way more questions than answers, even though we figured out, you know, a ton of what's going on outside maybe immediately. But we have no idea where fully this is going, who all this is going to introduce and what we're going to see. I mean... In addition to being outside of the the sitcom uh, reality of of WandaVision, um, it, it's really cool to see things like the snap and or or they call it the blip that time between when people disappeared and when they came back. Um, so now we've got Monica Rambo, who we we first saw as a child in in Captain Marvel, and then we get. Um, you know, a glimpse and then we see that she's been gone. And so then she she comes back into reality and um, yeah, just all kinds of, and there is that that in, that continuity thing, her her job that she had is, is no longer her, you know, just the way it was. And so you get this time lapse and um, yeah, all kinds of, you see ret the return of Jimmy Woo. Yep. Uh, from Ant-Man who- Which is great, right? One of my favorite characters. You realize he's finally learned uh, like the card trick, <laughs> which means he couldn't have been blipped, right? There's no way he would have figured it out that fast, <laughs> right? <laughs> so yeah, we've got. Well, they saw their memories. Yeah, but I don't think he would have been able to figure it out. I don't think he would. I think he was too clumsy to figure it out. I mean, the, you know, the Marvel's going to have a hard time reconciling the blip and keeping it in continuity. I mean, it's mm -hmm. such a major event in all of these worlds, we saw them struggle with a little bit in Spider-Man, which some of the students went away, some of them didn't. I mean, one thing that they don't even talk about in this episode is, you know, Monica Rambo's mother had to watch her daughter disappear into the ashes while she's on her deathbed, you know what I mean? And, and for the last two or three years of her life, not know where her daughter went. I mean, so there's just a whole lot of that that is always gonna to be tough for them to kind of figure out. But this, they incorporated it as well as they could in this episode. And it just, like you said, it really hits on with the continuity and really continues this MCU story that we're all obviously so engrossed in. 
and we've got you know this this as they arrive on the scene and the cops don't even know that they're the town that they work in and nobody can remember westview even though the sign is there and and you go and you realize this bubble is there um and and rambo disappears inside the bubble and then uh darcy lewis who we for who we last saw in the thor movies yep um comes in and 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 starts to figure things out about how how to uh see what's going on inside the bubble which was a little bit over my head but i it kind of made sense yeah i think you know and one of the other things that they need to try to really figure out they you know <laughs> we also i mean the fbi was there because somebody came out of the bubble first right and right. we never see that person. We never hear about that person. I'm assuming it's not one of the police officers, right? So somebody came out. There's a character who wandered out first that set up this whole thing. And that's kind of a really big question mark, too, going forward that we got to figure out who that person is. Unless, you know, that's kind of a confusing mess there. I'm not sure if that's if that's exactly what they're implicating or whether the cops were the people that came out. But I'm assuming that someone actually walked out first, which is what led jimmy Wu to be on the scene with the police officers and everybody kind of looking into it. and that's gonna be a major if they haven't divulged that right away and that's not just some guy sitting in a chair who's an extra that's going to be a big deal who that person is when they reveal that it, it seems like that's not a ball they're going to keep dropped you know they'll pick that up later they almost have to yeah i can't imagine i can't that, that feels like something that's going to be really big and you know the other question that i had that is who's broadcasting this show and what you know when is it going to be um why you know why is someone wanting to broadcast this as a tv show i mean how strange is that i mean we know that what wanda's motivation for creating this reality is but what's anyone's reasoning to broadcast this is this vision doing this you know it's it, from the science in his head that you know what what's going on here is it a cry for help from vision and you get this great line from jimmy woo is was it Jimmy Woo, who says, you know, so it's a sitcom about two Avengers, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> which is fantastic, you know, and, and, and everybody is aware that Vision died, right? And so yes. you know, there's this, this confusion. And then, of course, we get this kind of um, like flashback when Wanda looks at him and sees him as the gray, colorless Vision with the stone missing out of his head and, Which is and the creepiest thing like, ever right oh, Which, yeah almost like almost like a uh a scene out of um the shining you know like the something just pops yeah. up and you're like oh it just it just catches you wrong you know yep and and so we hear from monica rambo who when she finally gets out after she's cast out um that it's all wanda you know and and Elizabeth Olsen in an interview uh, I know has said you know a couple of weeks ago sometimes you're able to figure out who the bad guy is in in various Marvel movies you go ooh well maybe this or maybe this and she says that's not that easy in this one if there's a bad guy at all you know yeah I think you know I think one of the things that's so interesting to me about this show is I mean I think it's pretty obvious I mean Wanda's doing bad guy things right she's manipulating people. She's rewinding time. She's doing things totally for her own benefit at the expense of other people, which is classic bad guy traits. Good guys don't do that. So she's they're <laughs> clearly setting her up to be the bad guy. But at the same time, they're making her this incredibly sympathetic character. I mean, when you start talking about 
you know, somebody wanting to have children and a family and a life and those kinds of things, you're, you're striking a lot of chords with a lot of people. And that's kind of a really um, made her kind of a super relatable character at the same time, while they're also turning her into what is probably going to be maybe the first bad guy of this phase. Uh, you know, but I mean, I like, I have a lot more, I feel a lot more towards Scarlet Witch than I have at any point in the MCU at this point. I think you'd be silly not to. Same with Vision. And uh, so how they're going to reconcile that with them, with Scarlet Witch in particular, probably turning bad is going to be interesting. And you've got, you know, that, and that's a theme, right? In, in, um, in Tom King graphic novels is this dealing with trauma, dealing with grief, dealing with, uh, you see it pop up in a lot and, and, and you've got vision in the, in your, as your background with, from Tom King's graphic novel. That's a really um, good point. And, and, you know, that whole idea of, of PTSD and we've seen it in Thor in Endgame, right? Where Thor yeah. is just, you know, let himself go. He can't deal with reality. He's kind of, you know, living in this, you know, gamer type, you know, drunk world um, that, that, ha that someone has to help push him out of, get him back in check. No, that's a really good point. I hadn't thought of that. I mean, and that Thor, the Thor part was more on the surface, kind of the way you typically see that stuff addressed in movies, in my opinion. Right. The way Tom King has written about all about this, he's really kind of been the first person that I can think of in this degree over and over again to deal with grounded superheroes, dealing with psychological issues. And that this is definitely, I mean, this is, you know, severe psychoanalysis if you want with the commercials that have the stark bombing and hydra and all those things this is definitely the scarlet witch dealing with a lot of different things and maybe not even understanding that she's doing it you're right she's been set up that way from the get-go you know yeah. maybe she's been a ticking time bomb the whole time in the mcu speaking of ticking time bombs brooks has a bad case of the hiccups so i'm not sure if he's going to uh <laughs> keep joining us or not but if you hear that if you hear a small frog in the background that's brooks hiccuping i apologize that's not a problem <laughs> not a lot you can do about with live podcast and and uh it know. started as soon as you hit record i mean he wasn't doing it all night i don't know it's some kind of uh amphibious nervous tick <laughs> so one of the things we were talking about um before we came on is you know so we've got Monica Rambo has been introduced as a as a character who we know is going to has some uh, some cachet in the in the in Marvel comics and is probably going to become a character who were who going to mean something. Um, any predictions for other characters we might see come out of uh, WandaVision? You keep hearing a lot of rumors about Wonder Man. Um, there, it was kind of teased in one of the in one of the commercials or one of the or one of the tv intros there was a, the one in the grocery store there's like a wonder man bread or something like that that right tease that and it makes sense for him to come through here you're going to see you know we're going to see agnes harkness we know that right at this point that that, that seems and it seems like a pretty good lock that Dottie is going to be arcana or some variation of another bad guy i mean the, so but aside from the bad guys Wonder Man's one thing. I mean, we've seen, I think, the first direct link at this point to the Fantastic Four. I mean, when Hayward is talking about 
astronauts have been lost in space at this point, or he made some reference to that. That's a pretty clear to me, you know, that maybe they were blipped during those five years. You know, I mean, they they were blipped and they're going to come back lost in space. The whole four, you know, group, the sword colors are blue and white. So you're kind of seeing that. I don't know. I, obviously, we probably won't see them this early, but we might get to see the logo or something like that. Anything other than that, I think would be a total surprise to me. I mean, I, I and I when I wouldn't Marvel's history is to not be very predictable. So I'd be shocked if it's only one of those things. I think we'll get something out of left. They kept, you know, Disney was able to keep Luke Skywalker a secret. Yeah. That's Anything true. is possible, you know, coming up, I think. And and I, I don't I, I my guess, and I hope I'm right, because I love it when I'm right about this stuff, is we don't know yet what the big surprise is going to be. And all the guesses are not going to be what it's going to be. I do think if we have a, if we have an Avenger coming back into the scene, um, I've seen some people wonder if it's going to be Hawkeye because he was able to talk to her, you know, early on. And the connection with Quicksilver there. Right. I I really think, you know, we've got Dr. Strange coming in. This this is magic being used. Mm -hmm. Um, We know that, Strange is going to be connected to Spider-Man. We know that Strange and the, the Multiverse of Madness is coming up and that this is somehow related. So you feel like Doctor Strange has, has to be one of the people who's going to try to come in and, and you know, wrestle with Wanda to try to get her back straight. What did you want to say? Didn't Mom say that the person on the, the, person on the show said that uh, they went down to the phone book and went all the way down to the D and that would be Doctor Strange. Yeah, they, and then the phone book they were they got down to the D's when they were trying to find people. So doctor, I guess doctor could be could be Doctor Strange, the yep. next person that they look at. Um, yeah, I think you're right. That makes sense that Doctor Strange would show up in this. I mean, anything it's Marvel. I think anything's fair game. I would not be shocked at all. There, you still have the. We're still waiting for the other foot to fall down from um, Paul Bettany saying that there was one actor that he got to work with in this series that he wanted to work with for a long time we don't know who that is yet uh, um, that could be nick fury it could be james spader appearing as ultron in human form it, there's you know there's a lot of guesses out there but i don't think my he guess is with, we're not done yet i don't think he worked with strange you know they weren't in the in the movies together they were in different different areas right. that makes sense no that, that makes all the sense in the world and so we've in the in the the preview that's come out this week, and, and we were talking a little bit, I've seen an article that that wondered about um, if there's been, I think it's mostly been very good response, fan response, with a couple of calls of this is too slow. Um, and so people are pointing out, hey, this is television. You know, from week to week, you're not going to get, like, everything. Now, we were spoiled with Mandalorian because you kind of did get everything every week, you know, yeah. with a lot of action. But this episode certainly gave us everything you could want in terms of action and and um, questions and and so Disney is now teased a little bit from the next couple episodes, and you see Vision realizing there's a bubble and 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 looking at you know if he's going to leave or so yeah I, th- I think you hit the nail on the head I, I think the you know ultimately it's going to be compared to the Mandalorian because. It was Disney Plus's first major release. This is their second one. Mandalorian was such a smash hit and such a great show. And they, you know, it's just, it's a very different show and you can't compare the two. Um, it's just not possible, you know? 
um, it, and it, you're not going to have the, the explosions and the, the crazy, you know, battles that you have every week and that this is a much different piece and it's more of an art piece. And I think, by, you know, by and large, it seems like it was generally well received, but you can see where people might find it slow, particularly right. if they're not familiar with the rest of the story. If they're just trying to keep it in context of this one show or one or two other MCU movies they've seen, it could be a difficult follow. I mean, you're 13 years old. I mean, how, how what do you think about the show? Um, do you like it? Do you think it's fun? Yeah. I mean, I disagree with you guys said about the Mandalorian, well, at least for the first season where it was kind of the story, story was kept on going over a few episodes. The first season, some episodes were kind of um, not really about the general story that was going on that season and were kind of like just kind of like each episode was its own little episode is that weird yeah and at least in the first season um the second season did get more to the point but i like that i like the first season of mandalorian that was kind of cool i mean there was one or two of those episodes in season two but do you in general do you like it are you anxious are you excited for it to come out on every friday yeah i mean it's just it's fun to have this content um and I think it's a little bit slower. And like, but like you said, I think this was the episode that kind of turned it, you know, moving into maybe going 55 now, you know? Right. And and we've got, and, and the one thing that's interesting with this, I think because of the schedule that's being released on and, you know, after every episode, people are writing about all the Easter eggs. You can go, you can pull up anything about WandaVision and learn about all the things that you missed <laughs> during the course of the show because you, you just can't catch them all. It's, it's impossible, really- yeah. I, I don't think, you know, as uh, all of us being, you know, somewhat literate in comic books and having a fairly, you know, probably high percentile you know, compared to the rep, most of the country, I, I, I maybe pick up 10% of them every week, you know what I mean? So, which I, it still makes me wonder if they don't feed them out to people, but I mean, it's, there's so, I mean, my God, the people, you know, that know that the 53 on the helicopter is relates to Avengers 53 when vision made his first appearance and the hotel, you know, the, the hospital room 401 relates to when the mutants and the Avengers got to get, you know, it's, it's only, incredible. Only Gary Skirka gets the <laughs> without help. Right. So, um, so we'll have a lot more to say about episode five and we'll see where that goes next time. Um, what, what are you most excited about, Mike? What, what, in, with WandaVision, what are you most excited about seeing in the weeks to come? I think for me, it's, it's, what are they really fighting? You know, is it is it Wanda? Is she ultimately going to be the person who they've got to contend with? Is there someone else, um, you know, behind it, it, you know, as a puppet master? You know, um, who comes out of this as the, the bad guy? And then, uh, as we've said also, you know, every, you don't have this expectation of DC movies, but with Marvel, they've proven that every, series or every you know or this is the first series but every movie connects and sets up the next one and so what's going to be the end state of wandavision where are we going to be left you know with them with them coming in and beyond that i'm just trying to enjoy each episode and kind of for what it is like you say it's you know it's a little more arty it's a little um you know we haven't had mcu 
as as Brooks has pointed out, for more than a year, you yeah. know, and and we're going to go from here, and and we've just you know started the the fireworks finale that's 2021 that's going to go from here to Falcon and Winter Soldier to Loki, you know, hopefully the theatrical release of Black Widow, and you know all the different things that are going on. So yeah. It's a lot moving ahead, but you're right. It's it's an exciting. They're setting up something exciting. That's going to be a lot of fun to see where it ends. So I think it's it's worth mentioning um, as we as we turn the page here. Um, I saw uh, and and we won't have that many opinions here. Uh, on I saw that yesterday, January thirty first, nineteen eighty eight. Is the was the first the the debut of the Wonder Years, and uh, they also pointed out that the Wonder Years was a show that happened. You know, even though it was in the eighties, it was set twenty years earlier in the sixties. So the point of the post that I saw was that if they were going to do that with a show that came out now, it would be set in two thousand one, which makes me feel really old. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, time has slipped away. I was, I was actually talking uh, with my friend Tim that works at the Avalon and they were talking about classic rock and he was asking, we were talking about classic rock bands and different bands. And, you know, <laughs> when we were in high school in 1994, classic rock was stuff that played in 1968, 1972, 20, 30 years prior. First of all, most of those bands are still popular and have some fans now. It's 60 years ago now at this point. And a band that was like as old as Led Zeppelin in 1994 is a band that came out, like you said, in 2000, 2001. And that, that just seems impossible. You know, Pearl Jam is is way too old to be classic rock by the standards we were, you know, we had when we were in high school. And it's, it's crazy to think that. Right. And then I can remember what was a few years ago now when Beastie Boys licensed to ill turned 30. Yeah. <laughs> right i mean it's crazy i mean led zeppelin is as old now as you know who the uh glenn miller orchestra was when we were you know in, in high school right. or you know 19 we're talking about 1930s at that point you know um a little frightening it really is so one of those things that we won't have obviously very many opinions but you know what what shows before we got the wire before we got sopranos before we got these you know really moot theatrical tv shows that are rated r um you know what are the shows that that, that kind of formed you or your, was your kind of favorite show growing up god you know in the 80s i mean it was so much about you know even through osmosis you know it, one, and one of the things i think is so interesting about wandavision we talked about in one of the last episodes those are so many family sitcoms and you watched them all i mean i did i mean we watched family ties and you watched you know um who's the boss and you watched all those yeah. shows. I mean, I, you know, in, in through osmosis, you wrong and right or wrong, you learned the kind of family values through those shows, which is kind of a silly notion to begin with. I mean, you know, the Cosby show, all those types of shows, as far as when I was a kid, when I think of like staying up late to watch a TV show, that was exciting. It was fun for me to watch, or I'd watch with my older brother. I was really excited about and thought it was really cool. I think of moonlighting. I loved moonlighting. Yeah. I loved it felt dangerous when I was, you know, 10 or whatever, when that came out 12 years old, Brooks's age, the music was great. They always had a lot of moat. I still remember that there's a scene I remember very vividly of Bruce Willis singing an Isley Brothers song in the beginning at a bar. You know, I mean, it's kind of, you know, plus it was like, it was a fun detective show, but you also had the love angle and the, you know, and all that stuff. And it was, 
to me, that's a show I remember very vividly, probably like a lot of people do Miami Vice, but something that felt exciting right. and fun. If I had to go sitcom, loved Night Court. When I was a kid, I loved Night Court. Ah, Absolutely awesome. loved it. It was on a, It was on in prime time, but then it was also on when you came home from school because it was always on in syndication. I loved that show. I still love that show. And then as one that stuck with me, I mean, I'm not embarrassed to say the Golden Girls is still just, I can watch that whatever man it's just a great great well-written show that was awesome that's true and, and and that was a funny thing it doesn't happen this way now with with tv but you know nbc you know coined their must must see tv thursday nights it, it was cosby show family ties cheers and night court yep and then when cheers stepped down seinfeld moved right into that spot yep you know and it was like man you, you just you know, like that was two hours of sitcoms that you just sat and watched all of them you know and can we give a shout out to like the old school like theme music from tv shows and how <laughs> compelling some of those pieces are like bob james did the score for taxi i mean it's you can hear it in your head it's a beautiful yep. piece it hits all the right notes as far you know that show was, isn't even sad and somber but the intro of that the juxtaposition of that versus what ended up happening the way that show looked and felt was really something. I mean, Hill Street Blues. I mean, that you know, Magnum right. PI on, on the action side of it. I mean, incredible theme pieces that you just don't really get, certainly on the network shows anymore. And and there is there's no one who was around for Cheers doesn't know you want to go where everybody knows your name. Absolutely. You know, that's just a thing. You know, people still say it. So. Yep. I have to say, you know, I, I remember what in eighties the A Team was a blast to watch. Yeah. Um, I loved Magnum PI and Simon and Simon was on after Magnum. Yeah. Um, the show that's still my favorite show to this day. And it wasn't until, you know, kind of later on kind of high school time, Northern exposure is probably is my favorite show ever, ever. Great show. Uh, it just had the perfect balance of humor, quirkiness, kind of this, this philosophic, um, you know, what John Corbett's character, you know, Chris, Chris Stevens, the DJ, yeah. um, you know, paranoia, conservation. I mean, there it's that that it's show. That's Alaska. always a show I'll remember for, that, that I always thought was way ahead of its time and would have played so much better in this current climate. You know, and and maybe even on cable where it could have you know been rounded out a little bit. The adult themes in that show could have been a little more rounded out. Just a really great show. Yeah. So we, 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 I think we've mentioned before, we have a lost episode where we, we talked about cartoons and all of the cartoons that we grew up with. So sooner or later that would, that may make itself back around or we'll just have to redo it. Cause that, you know, that's a fun subject to talk about. Absolutely. So if we're, uh, if we're moving on to, to this week in comics, um, which includes last week, what we've already read and what's coming out this week. Um, there was a lot of big stuff to come out last week. Um, and, and one that you mentioned um, that I had no, didn't think I had any interest in picking up, but the other history of the other history of DC. Um, if you want to start off with that, as I, I will probably just keep talking once I start. <laughs> yeah, no, I, you know, I'm really, <laughs> this week you texted me how much you liked it. I'm really glad. Cause you know, there's been so little, there was a lot of fanfare when it was going to get released. And I got really turned on to the idea when I think during fandom, they had a whole panel about it. And I heard John really discuss it. And I kind of had some idea where he wanted to go with it. 
and I read the first issue and I was floored. I think the comment I made last week was, you know, it's a comic book for people. Anyone who tells you that comic books can't be literature mm -hmm. needs to read this because it, it's to me, just the insight. And I, you know, again, I, I mean, we, I can't, I wouldn't try to venture and talk about like what the black experience is like for somebody who's black, you know, that's, but just the insight to those characters and how well informed they are and what that story is, is really compelling to me and really interesting. And, you know, he's done, he did more in one issue of black light for black lightning. Uh, you know, I've read, I've, I was a fan reading the outsiders going all the way back. That character is way more fleshed out at this point after one through one issue than he was in 40 years of comic books, in my opinion, which might was, I think was the point of the book. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, we've, we've come through a golden age of comics that people talk about, right? You know, when, when, you know, heroing, being a hero, superhero was, was one thing. Um, and, and it was kind of this facade, obviously, because they will talk about the, the, the black experience of, from watching these, you know, largely white, you know, superhero groups and superheroes and everything going on. Um, and it's, 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 my thought is when people talk about the great comic books of, of great graphic novels like Watchmen, like the like Frank Miller's Born Again Arc of Daredevil, um, you know, like like Dark Knight Returns for um, you know another Frank Miller, but that this series could be right in that because it's yeah. so well written. It, I it's totally so agree. Poignant of of um, this other experience that was kind of in the shadows. Uh, of the golden age, um, the character development, the their their humanity of of being an Olympic athlete in in Black Lightning's case, you know, and then an English teacher, and then all of this. I mean, it's I sat there, and one of the things that that has been on my mind as we're reading comics each week is, you know, what do I want out of a comic book story? Because Sometimes we're cut, we're getting back into our same characters. You know, I've read Daredevil since I was in middle school. I love Daredevil. I haven't loved every issue of Daredevil that's come out over the, the time, but it's like, okay, what do I want out of it? You know, in, there's a nostalgia. I, I like this character. This is really cool. When Jason Aaron comes along and, and revamps Thor, okay, that's it. I want something like that. It's different. Um, and, and but this is everything. It's it's an amazing story. It's you know it's pulling in characters who who you don't know as much about. It's it's you know for somebody who was an English and philosophy major to me it's like oh wow it's it's like you call it literary, you know it's it's so well written. It's it it's tackling social issues of our time. Um, you know, at some point we you know we'll do some type of uh, discussion group of these things because they're, they're so so good uh, i'd love to sit down with john ridley and talk to him i mean oh wow. yeah I, to me it's it's a really clever way to critique and criticize dc and and probably all comic book mm -hmm. kingdoms as it is i mean you know it's not fair there's a lot of conversation when you read the reviews online there's a lot of people well you know it's not fair to, to superman that he you know that for black lightning to say he didn't care about the social issues that black lightning was facing and it's not fair to john stewart all that's true that and but that's not the point you know you can't he's that that's a way of criticizing dc dc was in charge of 
what Superman fought and who he, what he cared about and what he looked at and all those things. And it's a way kind of, of, of saying, Hey, there wasn't enough discussion of these topics and these important things that were important to this group of people without just saying DC didn't, you know, it's always better to show these things in the art than to just lecture. And that to me is what this is doing. This is showing it in the art. It's a way of talking about, yes, it doesn't mean that Superman, you know, it, there was probably not five issues that, that spoke to him not coming into the, I don't know if there was one. So, but he does, I don't think Ridley's bringing it up at this point to, to cast any kind of tarnish on Superman's legacy. It's more like comic books in general didn't deal with these issues. And I think that's, that, to me, that's where it feels like it's coming from. And it's really interesting, I think. And I think, you know, ultimately, if, when you get through the first two issues, especially, um, right, they really, they call them books because they are books. They're magazine format. They're, so there's, it's much more than reading the comic. Um, Superman is, is sympathetic in his own way. I mean, they, they, they make him, um, you know, have a, a human experience, even though he's more than human. Um, but I think it, it's him wrestling with things of, you know, he really cares about what a symbol he is and how people see him and all these kind of, and, and so you, you, you go into this, um, this kind of psychological look at, you know, at, and cultural look at superheroes. So, yeah, I, I don't know how many how many books this is going to be. Um, a black label has often done three um, yeah. when they do them, and if that you know, I can't wait for the next one. It, it's it's so good. Yeah, the, I mean the the Mal and Bumblebee one's great too, but I mean that I, to me that Black Lightning issue is just you know highly recommended reading. Yeah, that I just I, I can't stress enough how how great that book. I thought that book was. Yep, totally with you. All right. Anything else from last week that uh, jumped out at you? No, I think that, I mean, I think that other side really was the thing I was most excited about and uh, it delivered. The second issue was great as well. I agree. That that was the, the big thing for me. I will say, um, you know, for those who are, are looking for something to read or um, I, I think you know, we've mentioned on here a number of times that, that Chip Zdarsky's Daredevil run is a run for the ages. You know, you, you yeah, number 26 came out this past week. It's a tie in with King in Black. And so you've got Daredevil in jail, you know, when the, the symbiotes start coming in. And so he's got this battle going. You've got Electra on the outside, who's who is the Daredevil in Hell's Kitchen and who's dealing with all this stuff. And I won't give away the, the ending, but um you know, King in Black is is as advertised, hitting every aspect of the Marvel comic universe. Um, so, uh, so Daredevil wouldn't be unaffected, but um, definitely one to check out. Um, we had a trio of X books come out. We had um, Wolverine number nine, X Men, and Excalibur seventeen, and plenty of uh, stuff going on there. Um, and in, in Hickman's uh, mass project uh, of X books, um, and Tom King's Strange Adventures number eight, you know, eight of twelve, um, and he continues to tell just um, some of the most interesting stories in comics that that are not told in the in the regular comic books. Yeah, I mean, he's hitting a home run. It feels like every time out, and it's it's pretty it's pretty incredible. So how about anything that's coming out this next week, Mark? 
I'm trying to keep up with future state as much as I can. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 I wish I had more read more of them at this point to kind of give an opinion, but I'm, I'm looking forward to those the continuation. I think the new Dark Detective comes out this week. I picked up Imperious Lex last week. I'm curious to check that out. Uh, just kind of interested to see where it's headed because you know DC's on this pause right now before they get back into their regular continuity, whatever that's going to be. <laughs> um, but now there's nothing that's that 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 I'm just super anxious to get into this week. We yeah, we found out um, you know both in in DC promotion and in in interviews that. Infinite Frontier is their next phase, and um, and that will start in March after Future State has has kind of run its course. Um, I'm looking forward to that. I think that will be maybe where I pick back up in with DC. I'm letting Future State go for right now, but um, yeah, I think that just bring the, the Chip Zdarsky who you're just mentioning, mm -hmm. bring him into the Batman world and and Rosenberg yeah. as well. It's going to be really you get, they they're putting some great writers on great books it's gonna be really fast tom taylor on nightwing it's gonna mm -hmm. be really great to read and so we've got um a couple of things that jumped out of me i'm trying not to do every single king and black thing but king and black black knight number one comes out this week black knight i remember from being one of the avengers in the in the various avengers lineups um, and I think he's supposed to end up with his own series after King and Black, which would be interesting to me. I kind of, I, I've always kind of dug him as a character. Um, there's a trade of, uh, of Scarlet Witch um, by James Robinson. So, you know, Marvel is never going to lose an opportunity to make a sale. <laughs> they had a, a Wanda and Vision trade paperback come out last week, and they've got another one, a, a, a Scarlet Witch coming out this week. Um so yeah, I'm sure have we ever be. been let down by anything by James Robinson. I mean, just one of the classic great yeah, uh, comic true. book writers. Yeah. Fun. Everything's always fun. And then something that, uh, that, that cut, ties a couple of your worlds together. Um, it's already been out, but this is the week that it hits comic book stores. It was released. Um, I think, you know, online first is uh, Sturgill Simpson's sound and fury, which was first released as an album. And it was a really cool album. And then it was released as kind of a, uh, an animated short film, uh, which was bizarre, <laughs> um, but cool. Yeah. Know, kind of like a, a modern version of, it reminded me of the Pink Floyd's The Wall in some ways, and just you're kind of trying to figure out what's going on. And then he, he collaborated with Jason Aaron to write the, the graphic novel version of it so it, it all is a set together um and i haven't picked it up yet but i'm sure i will at some point and maybe the first time ever that james robinson and sturgill simpson have been mentioned in the same sentence <laughs> but, but like james robinson i don't think sturgill simpson can do any wrong it's always gonna be worth checking out for sure you heard it here first <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that's our uh, looking at comics. So then we move into uh, news and rumors. Got anything fun, Mark? Yeah, I mean, I think you know, it was a, it was a small but mighty week on that front. I mean, the, I think maybe the biggest well the, before today, the biggest news was that the Snyder Cut was officially going to drop March eighteenth, and uh, you know, there's just so much riding on that for DC, for DC fans, for everybody who cares about DC. 
something that I think they maybe just thought there was a lot of interest in and they would just use as a way to drive viewers to the platform for HBO Max, I think has turned into just a monster happening and event that really DC and Warner Brothers, they really can't afford to screw up. I think this is a chance to kind of rewrite some of the films that everybody knows have had a little bit of a troubled history and this is going to be their chance. And people are looking at it like that. They're not looking at it as, oh, cool. How, what could Justice League have been like under a different scope? They're really looking at it as like, hey, is, are, are we going to give the DCU a second chance, a second look? Will this movie allow that? Can it right some of the wrong? And I got to tell you, I mean, just based on some of the artwork and the imagery, I'm, I'm skeptical. You know, I mean, it, 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 a lot of it is really, you know, the tattered Justice League flag is, shown you know, so prominently and for everything one thing that's cool like the joe manganella deathstroke you know tease and the martian manhunter tease and all those types of things when i see that imagery of just beaten battered dark destructive worlds it makes me not all that hyped for it and and can it possibly live up to the hype you know i think you're exactly right of what d what you know people are looking to it as There, there, there is not the investment in the characters. There's been no buildup to it. There's been, I think we were talking a little bit earlier, and and you know, if you lose a character in Justice League, you know, Brooks said it's kind of like losing Iron Man in uh, in the first Avengers movie. You barely had a chance to get to know him. Yeah. You know, and and so it's like, yeah. Uh, so I agree. I, I mean, I'm, I'll watch it. I'm looking forward to it. And um, part of the reason that 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 I signed up for HBO Max was all the DC releases that would be coming out there and and Warner Brothers. Um, so I'm in, but yeah, my ex, I'm I'm not crazy about it. Yeah, I'm hoping for the best. I want it to be good. I so I so want it to be good. I don't even think that a lot most of the movies are as bad as people say. I mean, I'm a DC fan, probably first and foremost, and would love for all of that, you know, for it to play out and for them to have more compelling movies. But I, I I'm just not. I'm not sure I'm seeing anything yet that's going to make me change my mind into thinking they found a, a, a groove, you know. Uh, that's then so the, the next the, thing. that that was the big news until today when news broke about a new Wakanda TV show that Marvel's going to be releasing on Disney Plus. Which, man, I mean that just blew me away because I, I just that, that's just such a world. You know, to me, Black Panther is the one Marvel movie that kind of existed outside of the rest of the MCU, or it, it stood it stood alone. Is, is probably more I'm saying, right. and it's a world that I want to invest more time in. It's something that it was just so the the, the job they did a world building. It's a, they do, you know, an exemplary job of that in every movie, but in that one in particular, you really felt like Wakanda was its own country. And obviously with the terrible tragedy with Chadwick Boseman, they have a lot to figure out and reconcile. Um, and I, you know, I imagine we're gonna get to see a whole lot more of Wakanda and also find out how they're gonna try to deal with that terrible, tragic you know, event. Right, because uh, Ryan Coogler and, and Kevin Feige, and they've all mentioned that they will not recast Black Panther. You know, Chadwick so, Boseman's yeah. death is the end of T'Challa, and it should be. Yeah. Um, and so, but the Black Panther character has been, you know, has been Shuri in comics. It's been, 
Um, you know, it, it was his father before him. So that, you know, with the death of a Black Panther, someone else would step into that mantle. And so that could be an interesting story take. Um, yeah, and the, I mean, the, the only thing more tragic... I mean, the only thing more tragic than losing Chadwick Boseman would be to lose Black Black Panther and Wakanda as a part of the MCU. I mean, that that would be devastating to so many. I mean, I so I'm glad that they're going to continue with this. They obviously have to figure it out. It's a really tough transition to make, but I'm excited to see right. certainly more of that world. And you're right. I mean, Wakanda, the film was different than everything else. It was the world building was amazing. And um, and I think anybody would want to go back to that, you know, and and see have them really pull it apart and and get into the science and technology, get into the, um, you know, at some point we think Namor may become a villain there, um, you know. So you've got different types of possibilities, but I think too much has happened to go from Black Panther one to Black Panther two without something. There. I totally agree. And I'm glad, you know, I'm glad they're doing it. And they probably had to just functionally because, you know, they had to be pretty far along with the script for Black Panther 2. Um, right. You know, Shuri's one of my favorite characters in the MCU. I, I, the more of her, the better, as far as I'm concerned. I mean, I think she's just a great character and has been developed really well to this point. I, you know, there were rumors of that all along that, that she was going to take the mantle over. Um, but yes, I think they, they have a lot to figure out. And I think that series will give us a way of doing it. And, and heck, one more series to watch. Sign me up, man. I'm all good for that. <laughs> Absolutely. And so I think those are the two biggest things uh, to talk about. And we'll, we'll have more news and rumors next week. We've had, um, you know, some pictures come out from the, the set of Thor and uh, Love and, and Thunder. We've had... Um, you Tom know, Holland's picture set, yeah, set the yeah. internet on fire yesterday. I mean, he took a picture with a with a young man who has Spider-Man on his shoulders while Holland was in the Spider-Man costume and tweeted something very cryptic out that, you know, this was one of the greatest days of his career. For those in the know, you know why. For those not, get ready to have your mind blown. And that just set the internet abuzz. <laughs> and I, you know, there's so much speculation about that movie and so many people are cast in it and so much is expected. Who knows? I mean, that, that's got the hopes of the MCU and the Sony Spider-Verse writing on it. Yeah. That it's got to, you know, curtail just both completely just set both of those things up. Um, the weight of the world is on that guy's shoulders. But I mean, it's everyone's excited for that. That's supposed to be the end of this year. Is that right? It's, is that still the current time frame? You know, I don't know. I mean, there's so many. It, it, it's It's like drinking from a fire hose this year for the MCU. It's just like, well, how, how many things can we take in? And I'll watch every one of them, you know, and I'm looking yeah. forward to it, but I don't know what the schedule is. Yeah, I feel like that one, at least last I saw, was technically slated to be December, but maybe it ends up being early next year with COVID and everything. But yeah, that's going to be a monster movie. I mean, that's going to be an insane monster movie that, that they got to figure out. And he's teasing all the right things about it. For sure. The All other right, rumor I, I'm hearing is that there's going to be a 10th episode of WandaVision, whether they do that, you know, it's two releases at the end or another week, but I'm all for that too. Yeah. And I have to say, you know, WandaVision was the one I cared the least about going into that. And so it's not a bad thing that that's the only thing we get to watch right now. Yeah. So we have to, you know, and, but I think like you said, with 
with Scarlet Witch, and you just kind of get more invested and go, okay, I'm I'm in. Let me see what happens. For so, sure. So that's putting us in just under an hour. I think we've touched on the uh, the main points we want to make tonight. Um, I think with next week, um, we may have a few more revelators on with us, and we'll have another episode of Wandavision, and lots good, lots of more uh, good stuff to come. Thanks a lot. Thanks for tuning in. All right. <laughs>